The scripture lesson this morning comes from the message in his 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 12 and 13. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until the completeness, we have three things to do to lead us towards the consummation. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly. Love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. God, we ask you to open up our hearts and minds to hear your voice, to hear you teach your wisdom, expound your grace, and preach your hope and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mitchell Cook. I'm a senior at Naaman Forest High School. And in the fall, I plan to attend the University of Oklahoma to pursue a degree in biomedical engineering. Um, when I first thought of having to write a senior sermon, I was initially excited. I would get to speak in front of the whole congregation and share my thought on scripture. The more I thought about it, my viewpoint changed. <laughs> I was going to have to stand in front of the congregation and share my thoughts on scripture. Luckily, our youth group uh, chose a verse that was relative, relatively easy to interpret and was relatable to our lives. However, the more I read the verse and thought about them, I started to worry. Who am I to teach any of you about scripture? I don't have the years of experience of some of our pastors, and I may not be the most outgoing Christian when it comes to sharing my beliefs and evangelism. However, I do have the one quality that allows me to share my opinions, and that is my experiences as a human and as a Christian. When it comes to God's love for us and our love for God, anyone can understand. This might be why the second verse in our scripture is more recognized and more easily understood to everyone. Me being a teenager, however, makes the first part of our scripture mean even more to me. The way that faithful uncertainty is described in the first verse seems so very relevant to the everyday uncertainness in the lives of teenagers. Across different translations of our verse today, this uncertainty is depicted as squinting through a fog peering through a mist, or as a mirror with a blurred reflection. Even the Bible admits that faith is not an easy or clear thing to understand for everyone. I think it's important to bring out more verses and passages similar to this in the Bible. We often see the Bible as a guide towards an unreachable goal. The side of the Bible we don't always see acts more as a realistic guideline to our Christianity. As Paul wrote this letter to Corinth, he knew that they struggled with their faith, as most of us do. This just goes to show that for thousands of years, no matter where in the world, Christians struggle with the uncertainty and fogginess of faith. I can personally attest to these, these struggles in my own faith. It's so difficult to put your whole self into something when the idea is not something that's clear or obvious or concrete. The way that we can deal with this uncertainty is by simply using the ideas presented in the Bible. Almost any time in the Bible when a struggle of faith is described, Immediately following that verse is another verse that offers a way to cope and solve these doubts. In our scripture today, the second part of this verse offers us several things. The first is reassurance. We are promised that one day our doubt and uncertainty will vanish 
and we will see, understand, and appreciate God in the same way that he understands and appreciates us. The second solution that is offered in the verse is more of a substitute to our worrying and doubts. Instead of focusing on the way we perceive our faith, we can instead focus on acting on what we are certain about, which would be trust, hope, and love. It is with this advice that we can ignore what we are uncertain upon and act on what is, what is and always has been certain, God's love. What would be the point of being certain about our faith anyway if we did not act upon it? While not everyone has the same struggles with their spirituality and faith, maybe everyone does have the same goal as a Christian, which is to love as God loves. As we go back into our habits of worry and stress, I urge you to remember that there is a more important task at hand, which is to love each other as God loves us, extravagantly and without limits. My name is Marcus Russell, and currently I'm a senior at Naaman Forest High School, and I plan on attending Texas Tech University. And <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, you can't tell he's happy. Um, this uh, scripture, I like it, personally, and I relate to it. In high school, I believe... Uh, we all go through a fog. Uh, I think it's a big time of fog for many of us. Some of us, it's been quite a few years, but y'all are still young at heart, I know. Um, and it's a period of time where you're tested in a lot of ways. And you don't know for sure about a lot of things. Your trust is tested. Your faith is tested. And so you feel really alone and lost in this fog. And it can get really scary sometimes. But you hope for a better future and that you hope that God will eventually lead you out of the fog and towards something better. And that's what the scripture tells us. It tells us that the weather will clear and the sun will shine bright and that we'll see God just as clearly as he sees us. But during the time of fogginess, it can be difficult to stay steadfast with your faith and hope. And so it gets difficult. When I, there was a period of time in my high school where the fog seemed like that was all there was. And it got pretty scary. And it was, it was a difficult time. But during this time, I read a book um, called The Humans. And it impacted my life in a really big way. And uh, it helped me see through the fog for a bit. And anytime I'm feeling like the fog is overwhelming, I go back and I read parts of the book. And the whole thing of the book is discovering what it really is to be human and how crazy it is, but how beautiful it is at the same time. And so 
At the end of the book, there's a list of 97 things called advice for a human. And there's a couple things on that list that I'd like to share with you. Number two on the list is don't worry about your abilities. You have the ability to love, and that is enough. A lot of times we worry that what we have to offer isn't enough and that we're not good enough. But just know that all you got to do is love and that is, if that's all you can do, that's, that's all you need to do because that's all you ever have to do. And if you leave this world leaving one thing behind and that one thing is the memory of your love, then that's okay, and that's, that's all you needed to do. Nothing more and nothing less. Just love each other extravagantly, like the scripture says. And number 52 on the list is, don't ever be afraid of telling someone you love them. There are a lot of things wrong with your world, but an excess of love is not one. I think that's very true. There's a lot of negativity in the world today, and I think the world could benefit quite a lot if everyone just told one more person, hey, I love you, and meant it, and started looking at things through a lighter perspective, and knowing that loving is a big part of what can make the world a better place. And I think God would agree with these two things on the list. And there's one more thing on the list that I want to share. I don't remember what number on the list it is, but it says, it's not the length of life that matters, it's the depth. But while burrowing, keep the sun above you. So I think, I think God represents the sun in that live your life with the depth of love that's unprecedented. And it won't matter how long you're here, it'll matter what you did with it and love and faith and hope can be the best thing that comes out of that. And I think that's what the scripture tells us. And I think that God wants us to know that when we're going through those tough times of the fog where we think there's nothing past it, never will be, and we feel really alone, he wants us to know that to get through it, all we got to do is be human. And being human is loving. And I think that's what he wants us to do. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Michaela Dunlap, and this year I will be graduating from Garland High School, and I'm planning to attend Austin College in the fall to study psychiatric nursing. <laughs> yes, sir. For me, today's scripture has always been particularly difficult. On the surface, it's easy, right? We don't yet understand God's plan for us, so we wait until we do. Easy. If only it were that easy to live through. For most of us, our schedules are constantly busy, and there is no time left for the peacefulness that God provides. In the midst of all the tough decisions that determine who you are and what you'll do that senior year is filled in, I have learned that it is not easy to wait. 
as we wait, our minds fill with questions and concerns. Questions such as, why can't I know now? How long will I have to wait? And the biggest question, what am I even waiting for? Waiting was something I was never very good at. You can ask any of my friends or family, but one, I never liked to wait, and two, I was always really bad at it. Whether it be the line in the grocery store or waiting to know where I'm going to go to college, I could not stand to wait. But what I'm learning is that waiting is inevitable. No one likes to wait. We want what we want from God, and we want it right now. However, in our times of loneliness, loss, pain, and sorrow, we're driven to the very heart of God. In these situations, we take our prayers and concerns, and we lift them up to the Lord and wait. We always want that instant gratification, but many times we learn that God's not willing to give it to us. We get impatient and we try to make things happen on our own schedules and our own terms. And this is a hard lesson to learn. I spent my sophomore and junior year filled with the confusion that comes with waiting. I was in search of a deep and intimate relationship with God, but in doing so, but in doing so, I didn't want to wait. I wanted God right here and right now and in my terms. I continued to try to push my way towards God. And what I learned is that this does not work either. I wanted this complex and intimate relationship with the maker of heaven and earth, but I didn't want to do it his way. At the time, my fog turned in what to, to what I would call a torrential downpour. And I was the one in quicksand. I continued to try to pull myself out further, but in doing so, only fell deeper and deeper into the ground. But then, the tree branch that we call God swoops in. The summer after my junior year, I attended another Synod Youth Workshop. For those of you who don't know, Synod Youth Workshop is a youth conference which combines the presbyteries of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and New Mexico. I've attended one every single summer since my freshman year, but this past summer, I attended a conference that changed my life forever. I was placed in a room with 12 people I had never met before. For the next week, we would be eating together, living in the same space, and asking deep questions about our faith and who we planned on being as individuals. Scary, right? As a girl who didn't know anything about what she wanted to do or anywhere she was going to go, I was terrified. Today, I would like to share you, with you a story from one of the girls that sat in that room with me. I had to ask her for permission to use her story, but she graciously agreed upon the terms and situations. She sat on the, in her chair the second day, quietest girl in the entire place and spoke about her times with eating disorders, broken families, and severed relationships. Today I call one of these, this person one of my best friends, but I will never forget how she changed my life. While in tears, she closed her story with the statement I will never forget. God waited on me to get it together, so now I'm waiting on him. For the rest of that life-changing week, we all shared our experiences with not only waiting on God, but also God waiting on us. In that room, I discovered the reason behind waiting. 
the reason I wasn't gaining the relationship with God that I had always hoped for. I was no longer waiting on God. God was waiting on me. He was waiting me, for me to throw my hands in the air and say the words that we hate to admit. We can't do this anymore. God then swoops into our vulnerability and reminds us that we are not alone in this crazy and demanding world. Waiting is essential to our relationship with Jesus Christ. But waiting as a disciple of Jesus is not an empty waiting. In today's verse, God also provides. He provides promise that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That one day we will see it all as clearly as we know he sees us. He provides hope that this day is quickly approaching. In the midst of the waiting game, we often feel like the end will never come. God says, it's coming, wait for it. He provides strength for the day by reminding us that we do not stand alone in this dense fog. Not only does he promise to stand by our side, he also uses the word we in scripture. We are not alone. For me, this is one of the hardest lessons to learn as a human, and one that I am still working on learning. In times of trial and tribulation, we often feel abandoned. But as I look around this room, I realize that's not the case. I would like you to take this time to look around you. Look at the people seated at your right and left, and really look at them. They aren't here for no reason. They have stood through with you through not only joy and excitement, but also times of trials, tribulations, and sorrow. They're here on purpose. God has given them a purpose in your life. This is also the time where I would like to say thank you to this congregation. Not only have you provided me with a loving community of faith, you have given me friendships I do not believe I could live without. For people like Carrie Artkop and Taylor Laredo, I do not believe I could have handled the darkness of the fog. Without countless choir tours, mission opportunities, Sunday night youth, and endless youth conferences, I may have never gotten to stand before you today. All of this from this church, the people in this room. I can never tell you how thankful and forever grateful I am for everything this church has provided me, whether it be the unconditional support I've received in the last five years or continued support as I continue my journey. There's also one other thing God provides us in this scripture, a charge. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. Easy, right? Not so much. In the same way that we hate to wait, we also tend to lose our faith. Today, I charge you with the exact same words. Trust in God that he is waiting for you to come running into his arms and will always provide an answer to any question you have. Whether it be in his time or yours, there is an answer. Hope that one day we will see things clearly, and that day is quickly approaching. And most importantly, love extravagantly. Love knows no borders. What I charge you to do this week is to show unconditional love for every person you come in contact with. Whether it be someone you may not like or your best friend, each one has stood by you. For they wait alongside you for the day when the sun will shine bright. And we will see it clearly as God has seen us. Amen.